Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today, we're talking about style. Do you got it? Do you not? And of course, since it's foreplay, we're talking about what's your sexual style. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Adam, I want to know about sexual style. But I actually want to know first about your weekend alone with the kids. I know, I was. All about the trauma. (laughs) It was was trauma. It was ballet trauma. Do you know how intense (laughs) ballet is? You had boys. I had boys. Boys do ballet too, but did any of your boys do ballet? They did not. My nephew did, and my nieces did, so I went to several recitals. But I, I was not involved in the... Then you don't know. You don't know about the drama that causes trauma. That's all day, every day. Every time, every year they go, it gets more and more. Now we're doing it three times a week. Oh, my gosh. Right? On Saturdays. So this is tutus I, and shoes and hair done. and. Yes. I had to, my wife was gone, so I had to do the hair this weekend, Woo! which was traumatic in and of itself for my girls as well uh-huh. as for me. And then you got all the money to raise. So I'm going to need $100 from you. Okay. So thank okay. you. Yes. To sure. advertise in the, sure. in the, in the, ballet, in the okay. ballet program. Okay. And I had to sign up to help. So I've got to be backstage now at all, all these shows uh-huh. in Nutcracker. And I have Fine. to sell tickets. So you've got to come to oh, the Nutcracker. Oh, I would gotta, love to come. You've got to come to the Nutcracker as well. I would love that. Anybody out there, you want <laughs> tickets to the Nutcracker? You want to come see the Nutcracker? I got tickets. And I got loads and loads. <laughs> And loads of tickets. <laughs> Fair warning, it's like eight hours long. But, <laughs> but, but you know, oh, you can come if you want to come see. It's actually really, they've got really good dancers. But oh, That's great. Yeah, but my kids are on for like 10 seconds. So I sit there for <laughs> Are eight. they mice or are they little toy soldiers? They've been, or? I mean, they've been. Everything. They've done it all. Yeah, uh-huh. my youngest was a, was a mouse last year. Aww. They've been gingerbread people. They've been yeah. snowflakes. They've been <laughs> angels. I think this year they're sheep. <laughs> I don't know, all kinds of all kinds of animal kingdoms and things going on. So, oh. so it's fun. It was fun. I was all I was a ballet dad this weekend. It was yeah, super fun. I, I bet it was. <laughs> yeah, and it causes drama. So uh, let's talk to everybody about you know these patterns for initiation and how they make love and how they get together and what that style yeah. is. I want to say it is a weird transition going from talking about kids in ballet to sexual styles, but that's okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> so what is so what is first of all, we st- want to thank Barry McCarthy, who yeah. is a sex therapist. And actually, he's local to us in Chapel Hill, and he has uh, originated a lot of these ideas that we're going to be talking about. Thank you. How would you define sexual style? What are we talking about when we talk about sexual style? So, I mean, I think it is a pattern that is probably – Familiar, most couples have one sexual style that they lean toward and maybe on occasion they do something else. You know, for instance, maybe 
they have like a sensuous style. And so when they make love, lights are out. It's, you know, last thing before they go to bed, there's kind of this comfort pulled inside themselves, not necessarily high connection, uh, but a sensuous body connection. You know, and so that might be one style. But then the weekend comes, they go out for drinks, they come home, you know, maybe they both dress up or she dresses up, you know, and it's it, they're looking at each other. There's lights on. It's there's more drama. That's a higher erotic style. But maybe they don't do that sort of as their meat and potatoes. Right. You know, they do that more occasionally. Yeah. So it's really all about how they engage sexually mm-hmm. and how the patterns by which they do that. Right. Right. Um, so Barry's going to talk about it being part of the way they initiate, how they pleasure each other, how they engage in erotic scenarios, the role of intercourse after plays that they prefer. After glow. After glow, right? Right. And the meaning that sex has for it in their relationship. That's how mm-hmm. he's going to define it. So it really is about all of that that goes together and that every couple sexual style is going to be different, right? There's not going to be a right or a wrong way for their sexual style to happen. But knowing it can be really powerful, right? It, exactly. it can be something that can be very beneficial to them. Exactly. So the first style that he talks about is the traditional couple style. And, you know, I think this is probably what most people grew up seeing in the 50s. You know, they had sex once a week or several times a week. The man was the one who initiated. The woman was more receptive, open to his initiation. You know, their, their priority was on affection and an emotional intimacy with eroticism taking really a lower priority. And I, I think this traditional couple sexual style, it may not be as in vogue right now, right? And, and mm-hmm. you're talking about it, but it's not a wrong way to be in sex. And if this is something that as a couple that people prefer with very traditional g- gender roles, knowing who's going to initiate, knowing who, it, it can, it's helpful in part because the roles are clear, yeah. right? It, we, you know who is responsible for what right. in it, that This is style. actually a very stable pattern. Yeah. Um, even though it's, it's not something I think that Glamour and Men's Health is writing about, you know, because right. uh, the emphasis has now become on eroticism and high connection. But this really ensures quite a bit of sex in a relationship because it's clear, you know, they, they often make time and room for this in their relationship. It's part of it. I'm, this is probably what I grew up with in terms of my parents' generation, how they their styles were. Um, usually the male was the sexual initiator. I mean, you never really heard about women initiating sex, uh, that was not how our mothers talked about it with us, right. you know. Right. And I think it, so anytime there's any kind of um, movement or progression in how you think about something, the traditional view sometimes gets labeled as shameful or something you shouldn't be a part of. But or no good. Or I mean, no just, good, yeah. It's not as great as it could be. Yeah. But this, but what you're saying is this is something that can be very beneficial for couples, yeah. especially if they if they talk about it and understand that that's going to give them a high degree of sexuality in their relationship, a high degree of connection, um, and they they know what it is, and so they can it's stable going forward. Yeah, and I think as long as both partners are happy with this, I, I do. I have seen a couple, and this was her sense of how things were supposed to be. So she never, ever developed a sense of, I need to sexually initiate. 
But she was always disappointed that sex wasn't that frequent, but it was outside her role to mm-hmm. initiate. So, I mean, there are limitations when you get trapped in this and a more flexible pattern might work better. But the stability of it, if it's, you know, if it's regular and both people are happy, this is all good. This is fine. Yeah. And that's that's the important part is that because it's different, it's you knowing that this is the one that you prefer. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. It's a choice that you're making as a couple to say this is our style. And the next one. Although uh, I would say, Adam, just, you know, traditional couple style, they don't do a lot of communication about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, oftentimes this is just how they fall into it. I think what you're talking about is kind of our next style, you know, when there's a debrief and a sense of exploration about is this what we like and th- and this is how we want sex to go. I think the traditional roles, they didn't do, you know, a lot of talking about it. Right. I think, I mean, more so though, may- maybe not, but that you're, you understand that this is our style and you're actively choosing it. Somebody mm-hmm. that's in a traditional style that is saying this is not what I want, mm-hmm. either to themselves or to their partner, whether they're vocalizing that aloud or not, then that style no longer works for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. If there's discord, there needs to be discussion. Yeah. And so if I'm if I'm saying I recognize that this is my style, that I we're in a traditional style, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the role that I'm playing. I like it. I'm satisfied. I feel like that it, that it's good. Yeah, there, there's no need to really talk about it at that point if you're in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second style that he lists is he calls it the soulmate sexual style. Um, that is a lot of connection. Lovers and best friends who value intimacy put a lot of high priority on meeting each other's needs and just being accepting of who each other are, right? And it's hard, too, because like to me, when I hear soulmate, I think, is that really attainable? Is that really possible? Is that what do we mean when we're talking about soulmate? But here it's just really saying about how they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. They interact with each other in that kind of soulmatey way, mm-hmm. if for lack of a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that this is the ideal of this next generation. Hmm. You know, having basically a lot of needs met in one person. Yeah. You know, so your partner is your best friend, your partner is your lover. You assume that your partner has a high commitment to eroticism. You know, this is this is an, a lot of high pressure, mm. you know, to have so many needs met in one person. I have an older male friend who I said, is your wife your best friend? And he said, no, like mm. not even close. You know, my guys are my best friends. My guy friends are my best friends. My, my wife and I, we partner. We have sex together. We raise children together. But he didn't expect her to meet his emotional needs. That Mm. just, you know, that wasn't part of his world, you know. So he's about a half generation older than I am, probably um, old. (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, I I think the the modern ideal is that we're going to have something that is very intense. Mm. Yeah, and that that intensity, that's the idea that – um, this is my person. I hear a lot mm-hmm. of people say that nowadays. This is my person. That you're looking for that one person to be everything to you, and it it does feel like this is probably more work, mm-hmm. right, in the relationship. This is probably there's a higher level of investment um, and a higher level of intentionality in the relationship, but it is going to feel more like work to have this kind of sexual 
mm-hmm. um, style in this kind of relationship. Right. One couple that I worked with, I mean, they literally wanted to have, um, she wanted to have three-hour sessions, you know, of sort of tantalizing sex before they reached orgasm, more of a tantric model where they were building arousal. And she wanted this like twice a week, I mean, and wanted him to really invest in terms of understanding technique and touch. And she wanted to read sex books together. And she was a pursuer, you know, so she wanted high intensity. And of course, she was buried to a withdrawal, right, who this was very difficult for. But, um, you know, there is a sense out there in theory, especially Esther Perel, who talks about that sometimes the downfall here is that couples fuse, they become too alike, and that that diminishes eroticism. What do you think about that? I mean, I think if it, in that sense to me, is it becoming, they stop, do they stop like evolving as a couple? Is that the, is that the same thing? They stop growing together and they just become complacent? Yeah, I I have some differences with her about this, but I think that she's talking about fusion, which is a couple that eschews differences and arguments and disagreements, right? Mm. You know, that, that becomes a fused state because they become pleasing to each other without mm. really revealing the self. So to me... I don't think there's such a thing as too much intimacy. Intimacy is rigorous. I mean, mm. we're actually sharing the the true self, and right. I think that that is deeply sexually exciting. Yeah, you know, to see that. I think but, it's different. I think it's different than high passion and high drama in a relationship um, because it reaches more of a content state, right? Where you're, and so that to me, the relationship is just evolving. It's just a it's just a stage in relationship rather than something that is is the downfall of it. Yeah, I I think there is a change certainly in sexuality over time, but I don't know that it's about contentment. I think that in deep intimacy there is this freedom of the individual. Like mm-hmm. that we don't smother our partner because we're so deeply connected and caring about them that we actually want to support their otherness, champion their otherness. And that edge is how eroticism can stay alive in a long-term relationship. Mm. Does that make sense? I I I don't think think it's about emotional closeness. I think she's talking about something when she says fusion, which is about a pseudo-intimacy. Because true intimacy, there's space, right, in in attachment. You know, when somebody – there's like two parts to attachment. There's coming home and going out. You know, and when we're attached to somebody deeply – we can feel safe with them, and we can also feel their support when we go out and do our thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that place is the most secure place. And also, I believe that that place allows for experimentation, new ideas sexually. You know, it can be very exciting. And I don't know that I would disagree with that. I just think that they're like it. I would wonder how long you can actually sustain that. Like if that's if that's sustainable long term. In that kind of ex- eroticism and excitement, just that piece of it, yeah. Right? I, I think I think it, closeness and intimacy and closeness emotionally, right? There's a there's a piece that allows for it to ebb and flow 
um, and that wants to get it back if it, if you lose it, right? That, that talks about it, but that the, when you talk about that edge, sometimes I think we're talking about that it's always constantly exciting, and that's the that's the only issue I see with a soulmate sexual style is that it's it puts a lot of pressure on it for it to constantly be at a certain level that it's not going to be for the long in a in a long term relationship mm-hmm. always. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, yeah. Okay. Let's come back after the break and talk some more. So we want to remind all of you that we are thankful for the way you've shared the podcast. We continue to grow. It is our greatest honor when you share with a friend the work that we're doing in trying to help people so that they can make positive changes and strengthen their marriages and their partnerships. And I think the last thing we'd like to say is both of us are doing intensives. So if you would like to work with us, let us know and call our centers. You can find us at foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And if you like what we're doing and want to help support us, we'd love for you to rate and review us on iTunes. So thanks for listening. Okay, we're talking about sexual styles and and kind of how couples arrange themselves in particular ways for their initiation, the way they make love. And this third style is kind of the erotic couple sexual style. Barry McCarthy, and I'm also drawing on David Schnarch, um, you know, there's this type of sex that really the priority is on high eroticism. And so they are thinking about their passions, and oftentimes this couple is sort of dramatic. They fight, and they have high drama in general because they're so intense. They also have very, very hot sex, but they also have a lot of lows because they're a more volatile couple. There's only been a couple couples in my practice where I've seen this. One couple I knew just fought like cats and dogs. I mean, could not maintain a stability. Mm -hmm. But they always had great sex. And that was from her and from him. This is not my recommended path for any of you. Um, But in some ways, they found their connection in eroticism, and mm-hmm. it really did hold them together. They, I will say they eventually went on to stabilize and, and have a better emotional connection that was more stable. Yeah. But I think oftentimes couples, this is probably what people think about in early sex. You know, there's a lot of projection of imagination about who the partner is, who the partner mm-hmm. is to you. Maybe they use sex toys. They use sexual fantasies. They act out sexual fantasies. Yeah, this could often be the couple that's on again, off again, on again, off again. They may have Mm -hmm. had multiple breakups um, and come back together again Um, because it can it can be that that's just the the low results in some of in this dramatic. um, I'm never talking to you again. Right. I never want to see you again type of split. Mm -hmm. But then they come back together. They have passionate sex and they're they can't Mm -hmm. they kind of can't stay away from each other. Yeah. um, They they thrive on intensity. Yeah. And I I don't know that I would say this is fine. I think this is difficult for a long term relationship. because It's exhausting. Yeah, I think it it can result in a long term (laughs) relationship, but it's it's a lot more work and it's a lot more. Um, explosive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to me, my fear in this type of style is that you're going to inf- inflict a lot of hurt on the other person, right? If each person is very resilient and the sex you know, covers up and makes up for that, um, then there's a possibility for it to continue. But I do think oftentimes it just it, it inflicts wounds um, and injury onto the other person. 
um, that mm-hmm. can be difficult to recover from. But in this case, this sexual style, the sex is great, right? It's right. that high passion type of movie sex that may or may not be sustainable. Yeah. And our fourth style is kind of a complementary couple sexual style. Could you talk about that a little bit, Adam? Yeah. I think um, complementary is that simply means that it fits, right? That they both feel like they are free to initiate sex, to say no, um, to talk about their fantasies, to both understand what turns them on in the relationship and to share that. They kind of egalitarian. Yes. Versus the traditional where there's a role discrepancy, mm-hmm. uh, um, maybe based on gender, but this is really an arrangement of equals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both take each other's needs seriously um, and look to respond to each other's needs, right? They're mm-hmm. responsive to each other. Mm-hmm. And so they probably have a, it's just more shared, right? The responsibility mm-hmm. for the sexual relationship is is shared between them. Right. Each of them takes responsibility for their own orgasm. They're not saying, give me an orgasm. You know, they're helping the other one know how to be touched, mm-hmm. um, how to touch them you know, with a lot of communication. And, you know, they take turns, right? Oftentimes, one person is planning Friday night's date. The next week, somebody's planning Saturday night overnight. It's really, again, a newer generation model of two people who see themselves as equally responsible for their sex life. Yeah. And the the danger for them is simply that it it becomes stale, like that there's not a lot of fresh input, especially one then they could start to cruise a little bit. Mm -hmm. All right. And so I think it's ideally the sexual style, they're constantly checking in. I mean, not constantly, but every now and then they're checking in to make sure that they're still both really satisfied with where they are. But that's part of what they're going to do is if they're, be, if they're really responsive to each other's needs, it's highly communicative, um, and they're really trying to learn from each other about how to continue to evolve their relationship and progress their relationship um, yeah. and their sexual style. And these are probably more general patterns. And I know, Adam, you have thought of some other more moment types of sexual styles, uh, moment-by-moment types of sexual styles. I'd love for you to share that. Yeah. I mean, I think there those are some basic sexual styles, but I think there's just ways that you continue to classify it. Um, and I would just say that I think you there's lots of different ways that you could think of and conceptualize your sexual relationship, mm-hmm. right? But I think the value of this is that you're looking at what is working for us now and how does how does sex really make sense for us now? How does the style make sense for us now? There's kind of a more spiritual style as well um, that in the moment it's it's about union. It's about a deep appreciation of being with each other. Um, it's more kind of souls coming together as well. Um, and you kind of see it that way as something that is really it's it's transcendent for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Right. It's more than just the act of sex, but it's real. It's more of a spiritual act as well. And also people, I think, who have faith may see their sex life as sacred and set apart in terms of something very, very precious to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, this this doesn't have to be every single time they make love, but sometimes I think they become aware of yeah. how, how that merger and union brings them close spiritually. Yeah. Um, I think at other moments there's the just funny – style, right? Mm-hmm. That that's playful. It's you're laughing together throughout it. 
It's about just being together. There's playfulness in it. There's lightness in it. Um, there's there's possibly teasing in it, right? But it is it's an enjoyable style where it's just more fun, mm-hmm. um, and and that's that's evident, right? It's not super serious. It's not overly dramatic. It's just you know it's just fun and it's enjoyable for both yeah. of you. Yeah, and I've said this that you know my husband and I have never had. A time in bed where we haven't laughed. I mean, it's it is so fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we're so funny, but you know, there there's just a sense of having fun and laughter and enjoyment and joy with each other. Um, so I, I would say that it's probably more ours. Yeah. Well, and I, I would also think that you're a fan of the next style, lusty. Right. <laughs> or this is you tire. This I is do this, like uh, seductive, sex. Yeah, that's quickie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's flirty. It is it's it's fun as well, but it's kind of those looks across the table, right? It's the it's the text. It's the the flirty text. The, the sexting. It's all of that that just goes into it. That it's it's, it's the evident. vodka tonic it's that the, I get my husband <laughs> at the restaurant. Is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that what it is? Because <laughs> you what it you is. slide it across the table with it with with a look Here with a go, seductive baby. look. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. right. <laughs> well, all right. I'll never be able to look at vodka tonics <laughs> anymore. The same. Um, and then there's the tender kind, gentle, romantic. You know, romance novel, a type of sex, massages, light touches, just to focus on each other, um, very slow, very tender, mm-hmm. uh, very caring type of style as well mm-hmm. that people may be into. And your last bit is the fantasy, right? Yeah. This is sharing those with each other, acting them out, being into fulfilling the other's fantasy, yeah. right, for sure. Um, and it's, uh, it's being experimental, right? It's looking at... If my partner has a fantasy, then it's worth exploring and worth fulfilling and seeing what that does to for our sex life and for our relationship. And um, I would just say exercise caution that the fantasy that you're sharing makes your partner feel good about themselves. Like I, I had a friend who shared with his wife his previous fantasies about young teenage sex that he had. Mm-hmm. You know, and here she was middle aged, and she's like, "Oh, that that is not sexy. I can't get into that. That makes right. me feel old. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. fun." Well, say the fantasies that are safe and secure for each other, mm-hmm. right? That aren't asking you to explore something that you don't want to explore, right? Right? There may be fantasies about sex with other people, and that doesn't make your partner feel safe, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can talk about them for sure, but if that if the other person says that's that's too far for me, it's respecting that and finding a middle ground for those. For those fantasies right, as well. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I think that fantasy can make your sex life enlivened and fun as long as you both know where the bounds are and what is truly being asked uh, versus what is being shared from the mind. Yeah. Okay, right. you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Keep it hot, y'all. You can now call in your questions to the Foreplay Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.